Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Ah. It's one of those times where it feels like it's a little hard to know what day of the week it actually is. This is Tuesday. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV, the 26th of December, the day after Christmas. We are live. This is not pre-recorded. We are uh, glad to be with you this afternoon. And if you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Seaspire, give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet. You're going into a new year. Maybe you're making new resolutions for your business. And part of that is I need better internet to make it all work. I need better service to make sure that I have no downtime. Seaspire's business team can help. Seaspire.com slash business. Hope you enjoyed the Christmas weekend. We are glad to be back with you. Michael Borky. Back from a little time off with uh, family. Brian Haydad is out this week, and here I am just uh, just continuing to carry on. Some of us just have to be here every day, and it's so good to be here. What's up, Michael? Working, working hard, man. So something weird happened to me this week, but nobody in my family thought it was as weird as me, so I'm going to run this by you. Okay. Uh, we went to a, uh, a brewery. And it was uh, upstate South Carolina is filled with tiny little breweries, right? Not like big ones that you think of, you know, like where you when you go to St. Louis, you visit the Budweiser, right? We're, we're talking like small little microbreweries all over yeah. the upstate. We went to one, and the the menu I didn't like. A, I didn't nothing appealed to me. It was like a very hipster place, and it was all it just looked like stuff. I, I didn't like anything on the menu. So I just you mean got, the food or the beer? The food, beer okay. beer was fine. Uh, could have been better, but whatever. But I didn't like anything on the menu, so I just got a Caesar salad because you can't really screw those up, right? I mean, it's a Caesar salad, whatever. Everything else looked like crap. I got this. And on the salad came full cherry tomatoes, which generally I like. But they were cooked, which doesn't bother me. I like them, frankly. I, I don't need them to be cooked. I like them raw, but either way. And they tasted really, really funny. And it took me... Like four or five of them to figure out what they did with them. They were smoked cherry tomatoes. They they, they were smoked. And I asked the waitress, I was like, are are these smoked 
tomatoes? And she said, yeah, it's the chef's staple here. Okay. And I didn't say this out loud, but I was thinking to myself, uh, he needs to find a new staple. They were horrible. (laughs) I mean, just awful. They were smoked tomatoes on a Caesar salad. And I'm sitting here, and I'm, I'm like, guys, try these. They're terrible. Isn't this weird? And nobody thought it was weird. I've never heard of that before, and I never want to have them again. Why on earth are you smoking a, a tomato to put on a salad? Yeah, I don't know that I have necessarily an issue with the idea of smoked tomatoes. Like, you know, if you're doing veggies on the grill and you want to throw some tomatoes in with your, you know, squash or zucchini or whatever, tomatoes don't belong on a Caesar salad, period. Yeah, that's Caesar salad doesn't have tomatoes. It has romaine lettuce and the dressing and croutons and then occasionally some little anchovy slivers. That's it. That's all that comes on a Caesar salad. It's all that should It's not be. a Caesar salad if it's got tomatoes on it. No, and apparently t- tomatoes are very absorbent because, buddy, it's like I was taking a bite of charcoal every time I had one. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't make any sense. Of all of Michael Borky's Christmas memories, it's a smoked it's that tomato that, uh, that stands out. Thomas and Greenwood says, you know, you might as well just add ketchup to the salad if you're going to have tomatoes on it. Seriously. Yes. I suppose. Jim says, we appreciate y'all. Eh, we appreciate you too, Jim. Thanks for being a listener, uh, a long-time listener, and uh, a regular on the Ceasefire text line. We are glad to be with you. It was a pretty busy sports weekend, a lot. Yesterday, Christmas Day, you had three NFL games and a bunch of NBA games. What a quintuple header from the NBA yesterday. Uh, my guess is we won't spend much time on the NBA games. Maybe we'll get to some of the NFL stuff, though. I'm a fan of... Of the league, and I know it's not popular around here. I didn't because of the NFL. I didn't watch a dribble yesterday. Ooh, or, or yeah, yesterday. Yesterday was Christmas. Well, didn't watch a dribble yesterday. Isn't I mean the NBA on Christmas Day has been king for a long time, yep. and then like the NFL um, seems to do more and more often when they see a piece of real estate that they don't already own, they say it's mine now. We might not buy out the entire neighborhood, but we're going to build a prominent house in the neighborhood and maybe multiple prominent houses in the neighborhood and uh, ours will stand out and yours will just be another house. My guess is that the ratings for the NBA games will be down as where they have been 100% they will. compared to recent years since the uh, since the NFL decided to slide into Christmas Day. Have, haven't come out yet, but yeah, you can guarantee that they are significantly lower than when they have the day to themselves. All right, how was um, how was Christmas for James? Oh, it was great. Got got a Wally and an Eva, which is the robot that Wally falls in love with on on Wally. Uh, fishing pole, basketball hoop, uh, all kinds of clothes and and whatnot. But his favorite present, mm-hmm. I, I made a mistake. Now it's really funny, but now it's not so funny, at least for the dogs. <laughs> Anyway, so we went to we went to a minor league hockey game, the Orlando Solar Bears at the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. So you know, um, but he saw people with the uh, the little plastic horns, vuvuzelas, or whatever you want to call them. And buddy, he wanted one of those. And I thought, why would you call them anything but vuvuzelas? Well, because they they they're not like for they're not the long full like. Full on old World Cup style Vuvuzelas. They're just—it's just like plastic and like three, yeah. three, four feet long. Uh, but it collapses now. It's cool. Like it, it, it pushes down. And anyway, okay. Um, but I figured 
there's no way he will be able to be loud with that thing. He's tiny, and this is a big, long horn. It's like as tall as him, so I'm good. I can get him one, and it's no big deal. Buddy, it took him three seconds to learn how to get that horn as loud as they're supposed to be. And so I'm sitting here through the duration of this hockey game, limited, like, hey, you can do it one time, point it up in the air, and in five minutes you can do it again. Because we were surrounded by people, and he was so good at it. And now it's all he wants to do is blow the horn. For everything that he got for Christmas, he got toys, he got clothes, he got uh, a Paw Patrol helicopter, he all the uh, 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 aircraft carrier with a bunch of airplanes, like all the oh, stuff yeah. that you know he loves. Buddy, the $6.50 horn from the hockey game is his favorite present, and he cannot stop. And the dogs are going to just... They're going to kill me, I think. They're the sweetest dogs on earth. I think they might murder me in my sleep for getting him that. They might. And uh, they would probably be justified in doing so if they, so. Uh, if they choose to uh, choose to follow through on No horns in the cross house? Uh, no, no, no. There were, there were no horns in the cross house. It was, uh, it was a good Christmas for all of the cross kids. Um, I guess the highlights, uh, Francis, the youngest, uh, has a new swing set in the backyard. Nice. It's like a swing set with one of the little forts that's attached to it. And she thinks it is absolutely spectacular. Love that. Did you put that together, or did you pay the extra money to get somebody else to put that together for you? Oh, Santa Claus took care of that. Oh, Santa did it all. Nice. Yeah. In fact, in fact, Santa arrived early. Um, we got home from church last Sunday, and there was a note on our front door from Santa Claus, um, and he described to Francis that he had gotten good reports from Mr. Bojangles, the elf that uh, spent the entire month of December at our house. Uh, he was proud of her behavior, and he was having some packing issues as he was getting his sleigh ready because of the size of this gift. And his he had discussed it with Mrs. Claus, and uh, the idea that she had come up with that because of Francis's behavior and the reports from Mr. Bojangles, uh, that it would probably be okay if that was delivered early, but she needed to remember that on Christmas morning, which she did. And uh, so so had a few sunny days last week um, after the early delivery from Santa Claus. That was that was cool. Um, Santa apparently trusts Obi uh, because he got a new shotgun for Christmas. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Obi got a, uh, a really, really sweet 20-gauge. And um, Abe Montgomery got what did Santa bring for him? Oh, I um, Santa did not have the same assembly plans for one of Abe Montgomery's presents, and uh, so Dad gets to do that tonight. <laughs> I think there is that she wanted a Hollywood style vanity for her bedroom, like the desk with the mm-hmm. the mirror with the big light bulbs around it. Uh, so that's got to be put together. She got a purse and a couple of other things that she wanted. Oh, oh, she got concert tickets. She, she a- Ava Montgomery is going uh, to see T Swift. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no. Uh, but she is most excited about going to see Zach Bryan oh, in Nashville. Nice. Yeah. I've heard she's, he's phenomenal live too. 
Uh, how about the fact that uh, the troub- uh, troubadours um, turnpike turnpike troubadours are opening for Zach Bryan as well? Let's yeah. go. Wish I was invited on that. Just getting started. Hey, what was your best Christmas present? Send it to us on the Ceasefire text line. We're back right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. You know I love sports. On Super Talk Mississippi. of sports content to get to, and we've got plenty of time this afternoon, and we've got a few more days this week. We're obviously going to preview Ole Miss and Penn State in the Peach Bowl, which is coming up on Saturday. Uh, We've got lots of bowl games, including one that's going on right now, the Quick Lane Bowl in downtown Detroit, tight one between Minnesota and Bowling Green. Uh, You've got 5-7 and Minnesota and and 7-5 Bowling Green, and currently... It is the Golden Gophers who are leading 16-10 to with six minutes to go in the third quarter, and they are driving. they got it inside the 20-yard line, so uh, trying to extend that lead. You've also got Rice and Texas State coming up in a little while. We will uh, we'll keep you up to date with the bowl game scores. Uh, we got some basketball to talk about. Good win on the road. Uh, technically a neutral site. But when you're playing a team from the state of New Jersey and you play the game in New Jersey and you are from Mississippi, it's basically a, a road game and a good win for Mississippi State against Rutgers, a good win for Ole Miss in Biloxi on Saturday, this past Saturday, uh, just a couple of days before Christmas over Southern Miss. We'll get into all of that. But right now, you guys are sending us best Christmas presents on the C Spire text line, and we got some good stuff on here. 601-879-4395. That's the number. Hit us up. We'll have fun with these. By the way, somebody did say grilled chicken goes nicely on a Caesar salad. That's from Bob in Gulfport. Yeah, adding protein is not the same thing as adding smoked tomatoes. Of course, I mean, you, yeah, you can throw steak on a Caesar salad. You shrimp on a Caesar salad. Shrimp salad, shrimp gumbo, shrimp sandwich. And certainly you can throw grilled chicken on a Caesar salad, but just adding vegetables for the sake of doing it kind of defeats the purpose of it being a Caesar salad. All right, my guess is, um, in fact, Borky, I know this because of a text message I got. We, we dropped off a, a little happy on the doorstep of one of our neighbors on uh, Christmas morning, uh, just yeah, some little stuff from Bottle Tree. And I got a message later in the day. He's like, man, Christmas has already come twice today on Christmas Eve. He said, uh, I got a happy from Bottle Tree on the front doorstep, and Walter Nolan committed. Do you have anything to do with either of these? I said, I know nothing about Bottle Tree, but, yes, Walter Nolan was completely me. Congratulations. Enjoy. Merry Christmas. Uh, so uh, we get this message on the ceasefire text line from Kenny and Iuka. He said, Walter Nolan was my best Christmas present by far. Ole Miss picking up the number one player in the transfer portal and adding to that defensive line haul with the uh, commitment from Walter uh, Walter Nolan. Big get. Huge. Big and, get. And uh, so he's listed as a defensive tackle, but they, they move him around. He's athletic enough to, to do it all. They'll move him around uh, on the defensive line this year for sure. And uh, what makes there, – there's two things that make him 
going to Ole Miss really special for Ole Miss, obviously. Mm-hmm. First is just quality defensive linemen, right? The guys like him don't grow on trees. That's why in recruiting, they're so highly coveted, and that's why in the portal, they're so very expensive. Because guys like Walter Nolan just don't exist very often. Did I see that he was rated five-star plus? Yeah. Uh, he, he's one of those guys. I mean, he's okay. he's physical, he's athletic, he, he, he is projected to be a top 10 pick in next year's draft. So obviously he can't enter the draft this year. In next year's draft, he's predicted to be a uh, a top 10 pick. I mean, that that kind of defensive lineman does not grow on trees. And as we've talked about so often, Ole Miss's defensive front this past season was productive, was good, has players on it that are going to play in the NFL in 2025, specifically mm-hmm. Ivy and Pegues. But they didn't have the guy that would and could truly be dominant and feared. And Walter Nolan is a guy that can truly be dominant and truly be feared. So from that perspective, that's just a huge pickup from the football side. But also, regardless of how you think about the current state of college football, everybody in the country wants Walter Nolan on their team. Everybody. Everybody. And regardless of the cost, Ole Miss was able to pay it and get him. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss was able to fight with Oregon and Georgia and get a defensive tackle slash end. He plays them yeah. both. That sends a message, even if it's just short-lived or however you want to spin it. Ole Miss battled for the number one portal player who plays a rare position with his ability, and they won. So not only does he help in football, it also shows that you can line up and beat those programs for a player like that in this era of college football, and that is incredibly significant. That is a uh, it's a pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. Ceasefire text line, your best Christmas present. Get a message, um, Jesus. I mean, it's going to be hard for anybody to top that. Don't, don't think that anybody got a Christmas present better than that one. So uh, we'll put you at the top of the list. Thank you for that. Paul says he got Peach Bowl tickets, and he put a bunch of exclamation marks on there. My guess is that there were a lot of Peach Bowl tickets that were wrapped or unwrapped over the course of the weekend. Uh, what else do we got? $200 and a bottle of Angel's Envy. Thanks, Dad. You know what's crazy? Angel's Envy bourbon, in case you don't know. Yeah, I actually, my dad got me one as well. And to prove it, I'm not just saying this for the radio. There's a bottle right there. Oh, it's <laughs> empty already. Wow, Borky. Okay. <laughs> I haven't opened it yet. But yeah, that's, uh, that's great stuff, man. Jeff says his brother saw Zach Bryan in concert a few months ago in Chicago, said it was really good. There you go. I love this one. David, um, a Boston Terrier for my two-year-old, put together a swing set with 26,000 nuts and bolts also. That is a cute, cute, cute little puppy, especially with your little guy. Like, looks like he's snuggled up in a beanbag holding him. That's awesome. Uh, this is cool. Favorite gift, handmade by my brother and sister-in-law. All right, I'm going to try to describe this to you. This is a pub-style table. The base of it is a home plate. It's a white home plate with a maroon trim around the outside edge. The pedestal that goes from the base up to the tabletop is solid maroon, and it's got MSU on it. And then the tabletop itself... Is It's a circle, but it is painted as a baseball with MSU down the middle. It's got a state of Mississippi and a cowbell on it. 
and then they've got some uh, some coasters that go along with it in the uh, that are painted as baseballs as well. That's really cool. That's one of those gifts where a lot of time and effort went into making that. So kudos to your brother and sister-in-law, and congrats. That's a cool present that will be a conversation piece for a really long time. That's awesome. Uh, Dan in Hattiesburg. Santa brought this to our special needs son. He got a golf cart. And it's not just any golf cart for Dan in Hattiesburg and his son. It is a yellow-slash-gold golf cart with black trim. So got it in the uh, in the Southern Miss colors. Dan, that's awesome. And he looks as happy as he can be. And that's a four-seater. It's got the bench seat on the back. That's awesome. Um, A one-year subscription to the Jelly of the Month Club. Hmm. It's the gift that keeps on giving the whole year long, Clark. Uh, will Ole Miss be disappointed in anything less than ten and two slash eleven and one next season? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah, missed. I mean, failure is a really big word, but losing three games with the roster and the investment and the schedule. Well, it would feel like one for them, yeah. Can I read this, Borky? The the Christmas song? Like, is there is this one of those things where I, I don't know exactly what I'm saying? Neil and McGee says, My favorite Christmas present was Barbie Bassett sharing my wife and daughter's song and referring it to it as the perfect Christmas song while using no reference to Snoop Dogg. What Christmas is to me is the name of their... Uh, I, I, I think this is genuine. So, very cool, Neil and McGee. Yes? Or did yes. I mess something up? No, no, you're okay. You're okay. I've, I've got to explain a reference to you at the break, though. Okay. Um, Dan, uh, Darren and Jackson. I'm originally from Memphis, and my younger brother gave me a Razor Shines autographed baseball and an original Tim McCarver rookie card for Christmas. All right, so the reason that that is significant is Tim Carver, I'm sorry, Tim McCarver, not Carver, McCarver, played for the Memphis Chicks, if I remember correctly, which were the predecessor in Memphis minor league baseball to the Redbirds. I believe they were the Kansas City affiliate. And prior to AutoZone Park in downtown stadium, the Memphis Chicks played at Old McCarver Stadium. I think I've got that right. That's a cool gift, though, and obviously something that means a lot to you. Uh, Rambo and Carthage got a new healthy grandson. Hey, congrats. Okay, Rambo, that's, that's right up there with Jesus as a Christmas gift at the top of the list. Uh, got a Blackstone griddle. That's awesome. That is awesome. Back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We're back right after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports. Sports. On your radio and in the game. Supertalk Mississippi.
Fourth quarter just underway in the Quick Lane Bowl. Minnesota, 216 yards rushing in the game. Bowling Green has 17. Uh, and that Minnesota defense has been good all season long. Even though they had trouble scoring all year, that defense has been good. They lead it 23-10. to 10. Texas State Rice kicks off at 4.30. And then tonight at 8, you have the uh, the guaranteed rate bowl. That's uh, one of the bowl games that gets played in a baseball stadium. They're playing it at Chase Field in Phoenix. That's Kansas and UNLV. Kansas, nine-and-a-half point favorite. Texas State, three-and-a-half point favorite tonight against Rice. Utah, or not Utah, Minnesota's quarterback uh, was planning on after this season, he's engaged, and she's sitting up in the stands, doesn't play, football career's over, moving and getting married and starting a, a career. Like, he's already got his job picked out at everything, and then suddenly, for whatever reason it is, he, he's getting a start today and now might have to, like, rethink his whole college football quarterbacking thing if today goes well. Had his whole life planned, but he's got a year if he wants it and, and could possibly take it. There's plenty of time to live life. Yeah. You, you have a chance to be a starter at, you know, power program in college football. You probably do that. Might open up some uh, job opportunities down the line. No doubt. That's one of those things that you can't, uh, you know, it's either on your resume or it's not. You, you can't fabricate that. No. All right, Borky, I uh, I forgot to tell you about my favorite Christmas present. Um, I'm really hard to shop for. I admit that. Um, and I think there are a lot of guys that fall into this category. It's like, I don't need anything. And if you do come across something that you really want more times than not, you get it for yourself, those can't always be impulse purchases. Sometimes you have to plan for them or save for them. But generally speaking, if you've got something that you want, you just get it. I had seen this, and I thought, that'd be cool. But I hadn't pulled the trigger on it. Um, Have you seen the handheld, battery-powered pruning chainsaws have you seen those yeah i got one for oh man the gta 26 it's the little steel uh still handheld chainsaw and i have not yet tested its capabilities it's obviously not for cutting down a tree but when you got to limb stuff up or you're kind of cleaning things up or just pruning a little bit, it can handle, you know, branches up to, what, two, maybe three inches, something like that in diameter. I'm really fired up about this. And I need one of these. My issue is if I ever got one of those, I would cut way too much. Well, I would just maybe. cut everything. You still got to be selective. <laughs> you don't cut a tree down with your loppers. So it's like... Uh, the less labor-intensive loppers uh, is kind of what it is. So I'm sure that some of you have got one of those already. I'd love to hear if you like it, if you found it to be useful, because I'm pretty fired up about it. So we'll uh, we'll see. I will report back once I use it for the first time. I didn't take it out of the box yet. I can get the battery on the charger and find some stuff to trim, see how it works. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Did, Borky, you, you mentioned bourbon. Did, did you get a memorable Christmas present? 
Is that the one? That's the one. Yeah, two. One scotch. My dad gave me a bottle of scotch that uh, a long, long time ago. He w- was in Scotland for mm-hmm. for a work trip. We're talking. It's, it's like a fifteen year scotch that is like almost twenty years old. Okay. Uh, and so he gave me that as well as the Angel's Envy. So that um, with uh, with some whiskey glasses is that that's the one. I can't Very wait cool. to crack those open once the sinus thing goes away. Yeah, it, uh, probably a little more enjoyable when you're not coughing. And- I just can't taste anything right now. I mean, I, I might as well have <laughs> like Evan Williams Green Label. I wouldn't be able to tell the difference, you know. Jason and Collins says the electric chainsaw is more handy than a pocket on a shirt. He says signs at Jason in the tourism capital of Mississippi. Uh, somebody else says they're really handy for small limbs. CJ got a DeWalt. He said it cleared his shooting lanes easily, and that I love it. Shaq Bully says he's got uh, the DeWalt 12-inch. It'll cut a little bit bigger trees than yeah. yeah I've got some friends who have the battery-powered chainsaw that's got, like, that, you know, the 12-inch bar on it. This is smaller than that. It's like a like a 6-inch bar, or maybe even 4. I think it's 6. But regardless, I'm excited about using it. Um, so Sunday afternoon, which, generally speaking, is an odd time for news, Especially when that Sunday afternoon is Christmas Eve. Yeah. But Sunday was the day when the news came in for Ole Miss that had been hoped for and rumored and believed to be true, but with someone of the caliber of Walter Nolan believing something that was going to be true or having somebody tell you that it was done, but they were just waiting for the right time for the announcement is not the same thing as seeing the graphic from Hawes, uh, Hayes Fawcett on Twitter and seeing the confirmation on social media. Ole Miss fans needed that. They needed the confirmation, and they got it on Christmas Eve as a little bit of uh, an early Christmas present, I suppose. I'll, I think a lot of people looked at it that way. You knew that this one was probably real borky when Pete Golding throws out a shark emoji. Lane Kiffin has a fishing yeah. gif. Um, Kelvin Bolden throws out a Michael Jordan meme. Like all of the people started putting out stuff at the same time. You're like, okay, this appears to be coordinated. And shortly thereafter, you got the announcement that Walter Nolan was committing to Ole Miss. Yeah. And so it was first the graphic from... Hayes Fawcett, who's the guy that builds all these graphics, and he's really created a little industry niche for himself. And then Walter Nolan responded to that. He quote-tweeted it with a couple of the lock emojis on there. And you talked about it a second ago. It's um, it's a really big deal for Ole Miss. And and I feel like your your take on this was more big-picture stuff. Like, like in the macro, mm-hmm. you know, what does this mean? This means Ole Miss can compete with the biggest programs in the country for elite talent in the transfer portal, et cetera. But let's set that aside for a second and talk about the micro because the micro is 2024. And 
it is a defensive line that includes two returners in Jared Ivey and J.J. Pegues. You had the number one overall player in the portal, which means also the number one defensive player in Walter Nolan. You add the number one edge rusher in the portal in Princely Umami Ellen. You add the number two edge rusher in the portal, the defensive end Tyler Barron from Tennessee. Ole Miss is going to be a load up front. And if everybody stays healthy and people play to the way we have seen them play either at Ole Miss or at other places, then without debate, this will be the best defensive front that Ole Miss football has ever had in a single season. Mm -hmm. Something like 40 sacks uh, will be returning or being added uh, to this team. It's... um... And they're going to be able to be so flexible now with with personnel and, and fronts because it's not just the guys you mentioned. I mean, they got really good snaps out of like a Kalo Stone, uh, for example. He was good for them, and presumably, unless he hits the portal himself, he would be returning. And so the depth paired with the high end talent is is something that they haven't had before. And the the pass rushing ability. I mean, you saw it with just one guy with Sam Williams, just Sam Williams, who was a second round pick. The, the difference that, or Marquise Haynes, who's still in the NFL. One of those guys, the, the difference that they can make for you. They didn't have that one guy this year. And they've added three out of the portal. And so what that can do for Pete Golding and flexibility. I mean, you're going to see on obvious passing downs, they'll have Ivy, Uman Mielin, and Barron on the field at the same time. So you'll have three guys that are highly productive sack makers, if you want to call it that. On the field at the same time, getting after the quarterback. And they, they can go big if they need to, because Nolan can can now play on, on the outside, and you've got Pagui. It's the, the depth and the the creativity they're going to be able to approach opponents next season, just like you said. And it, it's true. There's nothing else to say other than what you said. They haven't had this. They just haven't had this since I've lived in Mississippi. And... It goes back to the question that we got a second ago: Is anything short of ten and two, eleven and one, going to be a disappointment for Ole Miss next year? And and that's why the answer is yes. Now, it probably still got a little bit of work to do on the offensive line. Yeah, but when you look at what is returning on the offensive side, plus a couple of additions in skill positions, and you look at what they have added to rebuild slash enhance the defense. It's a really good football team on paper going into Sports Talk. Sports Talk Mississippi to the junction in the grove and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi.
Mississippi State had what I think was a really good win on Saturday. Bulldogs went on the road to um, the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey, and they faced Rutgers. Rutgers out of the Big Ten. It was an SEC Big Ten matchup on technically a neutral floor, and State got the win. And there's still no Tolu Smith in the mix. I wondered if maybe he would play for Mississippi State on Saturday. He did not. They got four starters in double figures. 18 points from Cam Matthews. 17 points from Jimmy Bell Jr. They got 13 out of Deshaun Davis and 10 points from Shaq Moore. That was out of the starters. State only played eight guys. And Josh Hubbard, who has still been their sixth man, it was an off-shooting day for him. He was 0-5 from the field, 0-3 from three-point land. In 21 minutes, he had two points. Did have three assists in the game, only turned it over once. Mississippi State dominated the boards. They out-rebounded Rutgers 47-26, including 13 offensive rebounds. Borky, how about the stat line for Jimmy Bell? 17 points, 18 rebounds, six of those on the offensive glass, three blocks, and an assist. He turned it over five times. If you're looking for a black mark, that's it. Your big man was five of six from the free throw line. And he did all that in 29 minutes. 17 and 18 in 29 minutes. That is big time as Mississippi State went to 10 and 2 on the year. Yeah, now he's not going to have to have, at least here soon, uh, a big role. So now you have this dependable guy after Smith comes back. I wonder if we're going to see him Sunday or, or do they wait until the South Carolina game? Because it's Bethune Cookman. Uh, you know, it's two ways to look at it. If he's healthy enough to play, do you play him against what is a lesser opponent to get his feet under him, or do you give him some more time to just really get healthy before what is now South Carolina? I know their schedule has been a joke, but that's a South Carolina team that's what eleven and one, I think, so far this year. So a, yeah. a team that's confident in playing better for his first game. I think if you think he's ready to go, you roll him out against Bethune Cookman. Just, Just give him a little legs. game action. You know, play play him 12 minutes, 14 minutes, something along those lines. That's just me. I mean, obviously Chris Jans knows his team. He knows his player. He's going to do what's best for him and what he believes is best for their team overall. But I would think you want him to have a little bit of action in league play. States are um, not RPI. States net ranking, really good, man, really good. Here are the SEC teams in net ranking. Tennessee at 7. They're nine and three overall. Alabama at nine. How about having five losses in your first twelve games and having the number nine net in the country? Alabama has played six quad one games out of its first twelve. Problem is they've only won one of those. At some point you gotta win some games. Mm-hmm. But the 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 formula, the metric loves them. Texas A&M is at 19. 
Auburn is at 21. Kentucky is at 27. Mississippi State is at 32. Bulldogs With that have, loss to Southern being at 32 uh, is impressive. Yeah, it, it really is. And part, a big part of the reason is because of the schedule. State's 6-0 and in neutral site games. That's it. They've only played one true road game, but six of State's 12 games have been on neutral floors. Now, that includes the, the win they had in Tupelo, but it also includes this one from Newark right. on uh, on Saturday. South Carolina's 11-1. and one. They've got two quad one wins. Now they've got seven quad four wins as well, but they're at 43 in the net. Florida is at 46. They're 9-3 and three overall. Ole Miss just one of three undefeated teams in the country at 12-0. and 0. They're currently 56. Now, a week ago this time, Ole Miss had two quad one wins. Now they have zero quad one wins. That's going to ebb and flow until they get deeper into league play based on what Memphis does and what UCF does. Because those are the two teams that could end up as quad one wins. Ole Miss is winning against Memphis. Uh, That's a good question. Let's see here. Um, Hold on. NC State is 70. Ah, yeah. So that could very much be a quad two win when it's all said and done. Memphis is at 38 because that was at home. They need Memphis to improve a little bit. And then you get you got to go to the Big 12 to find UCF. I, I keep forgetting about that. They're at 82. So a little bit of improvement, and that could be a quad one win. The best. The best. Sports talk in the state. It's the best thing. Say that again. We the best on three. One, two, three. We the best. Sports talk Mississippi. Super talk Mississippi. Well, Bowling Green cut it to a one-score game, but Minnesota has extended the lead thanks to a touchdown run a couple of minutes ago. Five and a half to play in the quick lane bowl in Detroit. It's Minnesota 30, Bowling Green 17. No confirmation yet as to whether or not the winning coach will have to dump a vat of motor oil over his head. It's a shame if they don't. Yeah, you know, opportunity missed for the uh, – no, it should be clean. It should not be used. I mean, it should use like the, the synthetic stuff that they put into your car, not the stuff that comes out of your car after 7,000 miles on an oil change. But, I mean, if they're going to dump mayonnaise in the Duke's Mayo Bowl, it feels like the quick lane bowl should probably, you know, dump a Gatorade cooler full of motor oil on the head of the winning coach. It's only right. We'll have to wait and see. They usually take the uh, post-game trophy presentation over to an alternate channel or online. <laughs> so maybe, maybe you'll have to go to ESPN Plus for that. Sports Talk Mississippi coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Learn more about them online at pearlriverresort.com. Man, you want to talk about a good time to visit the sports book? We are rolling into this just cycle of game after game after game. And if games are your thing, you are, uh, you're in the right place, right? You got all the college bowl games. You got the NFL games. You've got college basketball. And they'll take care of you at the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Two more bowl games coming up today. 
Texas State and Rice, that kicks off at 4.30. Kansas and UNLV, that is tonight at 8 o'clock. I mean, ni- circa 1991, Kansas-UNLV is a basketball game. Whew, that would have been great. That would have been great. But it's Kansas-UNLV football tonight, and it's two pretty good teams. Still should be good, yeah. Yeah. Kansas favored by 9.5 in that one. Richard Cross and Michael Borky with you. Hey, Dad's off for the week. Uh, no telling what he's not doing. Bailed it. I actually thought about Hey, Dad, this morning. I was flipping channels. There was very little of interest to me on television, and I found a um, uh, I found a Premier League game on USA. It was um, was it zero zero? No, it was three to one. But I just missed wow. the scoring frenzy. It it had, it had already happened. He's you know, having you, a hard time with his Chelsea right now, by the way. Billion dollars spent, I guess, to build this roster, and they're not particularly good. Yeah, it was uh, Nottingham Forest over Newcastle. Nottingham Forest won 3-1 to one in a bit of an upset. Newcastle, owned by uh, the PIF. Owned by the Public Investment Fund. Incoming. I had to Google where Newcastle was. Is it's like five hours north of London. Oh, well, they had a great stadium though. They had fifty-two thousand in attendance today. Oh, I've got a uh, scorching hot take. By the way, I've never been inside of it, so it's probably not fair. But I saw mm-hmm. the pictures from uh, from Ole Miss practice today. Mercedes-Benz Stadium inside's kind of ugly. I'm sure the amenities are great, and and all that's great. But aesthetically, there are much cooler-looking stadiums that have been built recently for football than that one. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. It's really, really good inside. Oh, I'm sure from, like, again, the amenities and all that. You about interior or exterior? The interior, to me, looks ugly. It just looks generic. I, I don't know. I, if you're going to spend that money that they spent, it should look I think, cooler I than think that. maybe from the pictures you were seeing, you couldn't see everything. Because, like, the end zone, like, on one end zone, they've got the seats that go high. And that's where, like, if you're watching a, an Atlanta United game, that people are going crazy and they hold up, like, the big, you know, they got the flags and the big sweet tea signs and, you know. Which, like, by the way, people spend money to go to those soccer games to purposefully sit in the section where there's giant flags where you can't see the game. What are you doing? Uh, you're part of the party, though. I guess, but. So, so that end on it. Is one is cool on one end, and then the other end, where the seats don't go as high, it kind of goes up like it's just lower bowl. And then you got a flat area, and there's like a restaurant and bar or whatever else. I, Borky, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that. Just looks. It, I'm, it I'm looks saying that having been in there a couple. Of, yeah. Now I will say, I feel like some indoor stadiums have turf on their field. That looks good. And then some indoor stadiums have turf on their field that looks dirty. Yeah. And for whatever, I, I thought the Georgia Dome was like that. And I feel like Mercedes Benz Stadium is like that. It has that kind of, it almost has like a gray tint to it. And it just kind of looks, yeah. But like the Quick Lane Bowl, in, uh, which is what, uh, Ford Field? Yeah. The, their, their turf looks pretty good. It looks green, less so in um, less so in Atlanta. 
This guy says, I want to be edgy. No, like, I think SoFi in Allegiant looks better. Like, the, the seats and all that they look better. They just, it, they, I, I, I don't think Mercedes Benz Stadium looks as good as, like, SoFi or, or the Roomba there in Vegas from the inside, like, from the field perspective, looking up at the, the stands. I think those look better. Yeah. I think Minnesota looks better. Maybe it was just the picture that you looked at that was weird. Probably. I, I, I've, I've been in Mercedes-Benz Stadium a few. I've never been in there with the roof open. I, I wish, and that's not going to be the case. The, the high on Saturday for the bowl game is like 42 in Atlanta, so the roof will be closed. But it's pretty dang cool inside, man. There's a lot be... of glass in the end zones, like up high, yeah. so you get some natural light in there. That environment's going to be pretty wild. So I, I've been talking to people the last couple of days. I've got a bunch of friends going. I will be here uh, doing the, the show on Friday, uh, I was given the opportunity to go, wish I could, because I don't think people around here understand how vast the Penn State fan base is. Like, like they, they will be there in droves. It, it, and I've been to a Penn State game. Maybe it's different for the bull crowd, but they, they are intense and into it and loud. And, I mean, you, you're going to have... One of those bowl atmospheres that we don't really get very often anymore, where you've got two fan bases that are locked in and into it in a stadium that's packed, and it, it, like that's going to be really fun on Saturday. Doesn't it feel to you like this is going to be pretty darn close to a 50-50 split on crowd? Yeah. Oh, for I mean, you know, it wouldn't surprise. I'm not saying this is going to happen because I just I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me if there are slightly more Penn State fans. It is a gigantic school. A it massive is. fan base. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's no there's no question. Um, and look, I mean, I don't know what the alumni base breakdown is. I know Atlanta is a huge alumni base for Ole Miss grads. Mm-hmm. My guess is just because of the fact that there are like 5 million people that live in Atlanta Metro, there are a lot of people that went to Penn State that live there also. I, I'm just guessing. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I think it's going to be really good, and if you've ever been to an SEC championship game, that is an electric environment. And it tends to not matter who's playing. It's just really, really good. But I've been to, like, Tennessee LSU. What was that, 2000? That's 2007, maybe. I've been to multiple Alabama-Georgia games. I went to one versus two, Alabama-Florida. I mean, that environment for that game, and that's across both stadiums. That's across the Georgia Dome and, and Mercedes-Benz, is it's good. And I'm always amazed, Borky, given the fact that it's not a home game for anybody, how loud it is. It's going to be that on Saturday. Yeah, It's going to be loud inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium for that game. Because you're going to have, what, thirty to 35,000 fans for both teams. Yeah. And then some neutrals who are just there kind of hanging out. That stadium gets loud, though. Oh, I, I can imagine. And it's two fan bases that are excited to be there, too. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I've, I've been to a handful of bowl games in my life, and uh, some of them you can kind of feel where one group of fans is just kind of there for the trip. Yeah. No, no, these are two that are there to, to go win. I mean, listening to, to Lane Kiffin and, and also Franklin, it's two teams that want to be there. And contrast that to Florida, right? Or excuse me, Florida State. They, they've got 16 starters that are not going to play in this game, something like that. Georgia, yeah. 
you know, Kirby's going to try to get them motivated, but I mean, they, they've got guys hitting the portal and, and stuff like that. And the messaging around that game is so different than this one. You've got two coaches that that are that are locked in and that have two teams that are locked in that you're not getting uh, with even the access bowls anymore because Oregon Liberty doesn't feel this way. Missouri Ohio State will feel this way, but Ohio State's got opt outs too. I mean, Penn State's got a first-round pick defensive back that's, no, I'm playing in this game, buddy. I'm not missing this. And I know they've had a couple themselves, but this game's different than the rest of them. Feels like A&M Oklahoma State will be a pretty good environment tomorrow night for the the Texas Bowl. Probably. Um, I'm just kind of like scrolling through. Uh, Arizona-Oklahoma and the Alamo Bowl, I think that'll be pretty good. I think it's got a chance to be a pretty good game. A lot of Oklahoma fans in Dallas, I assume. I think Missouri-Ohio State will be pretty juiced up. But maybe more so, definitely more so on the Missouri side of things. For sure. We're back. Sports Talk Mississippi right after this. Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the Ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. Wow, Ole Miss brought, bought another player? Who would have thought? I guess Kiffin really can suck at high school recruiting and just go buy them in the portal every year. Not a bad strategy. Going to be funny when it backfires on y'all next year, though. Southern Miss fan, by the way. Okay. I mean, that's that's one way to look at it. It is certainly one way to look at it. It definitely is. There has been a lot of... I said this on, on Twitter over the weekend. Because you do have the... Well, who's bankrolling there? And how are they able to afford this? Stuff like that. And then, of course, the uh, mind-numbingly stupid, quote, rumor, end quote, that they have taken out loans to pay these players. I, I, I really want you, an adult that pays taxes and, like, has to go to the bank. So presumably you have bank accounts, right? And, and you work for a company, you may own one. Think to yourself before you go to the Internet, and talk about taking out loans for NIL. What bank would give a loan to a collective whose only income is based on donations, and their business model is to take those donations and give them to college football players? Mm. Please tell me what bank would give that loan. That, like, Think about these things before you ask or talk about them, because it's so remarkably stupid. But anyway... Why are people so surprised, Richard, when a Southern University that deeply cares about football 
with 26,000 students, undergrads, that has a law school, a medical school, an accounting school, and a business school, and an engineering school, would have wealthy alumni willing to pay to get good football players. Why does that surprise people? I, I don't understand it. Like, well, it's because of who is it, it is and because Ole Miss is... Look, you, all right. Ole Miss and Missouri are the... These two don't look like everybody else in terms of success in recruiting through the transfer portal. People are used to it with Alabama and with Auburn and with Georgia and with LSU and with Tennessee. And the list goes on. And Ohio State and Michigan and Florida State and Texas and whoever else, Texas A&M, whoever else else you want to include. But, I, I mean, Ole Miss has consistently recruited at the top 20 to top 25 level for a pretty extended period of time. Now, there have been outliers, right? There's a top 10 class mixed in there in 2013, and maybe there's one or two that's been in the 30s along the way. But generally speaking, Ole Miss is going to be in the 15 to 22 range when recruiting rankings come out, and that's usually good enough for about ninth or 10th in the SEC. But it looks different now. And people that cheer for programs that are, for being honest, similar in terms of their on-field success, they don't like it when a non-traditional power does something like that. Or if they're a rival, don't like it either. But the reason I brought up Missouri a second ago, they've done it again too. Mm -hmm. Just popped. Former Florida defensive lineman Chris McClellan has committed to Missouri. 6'4", 320, Tulsa, Oklahoma, two years of eligibility remaining. Missouri's killing it. I mean, they they and Ole Miss are so similar in that they have, I mean, they have fan bases that are clearly united in what what it takes to win. And because of that, they're successful. All right, so there's a response to that tweet from an Oklahoma fan that says, Mizzou going all in next year, and honestly, I don't blame them. They'll have as good of a team as they've had in a while and maybe have for a while. You could change Mizzou to Ole Miss. The exact same tweet has been typed in 100 times, if not 10,000 times. Yeah. And you've heard it from – I mean, Lane Kiffin hasn't said that per se, but a lot of other people have. Well, this is going all in. They've got the right mix of guys returning, high school recruiting, pieces to add, 12-team playoff, engaged fan base, competitive NIL, all that stuff. And John says the better you get, the stronger you get, the more you are a target of trolls. It's a good sign, but we'll only get worse. Have to embrace it. Let's go. That's John, an Ole Miss fan. Here's the other thing. The better you get and the more you win, the more people are willing to continue to do the things that led to that winning. Yeah. And so while everybody says Ole Miss is pushing all its chips in, here's the opportunity for the Rebels next season. If it goes well next season, and this, air quotes, investment paid off, are you going to be remotely surprised if Ole Miss tries to do the same thing all over again? No. And and maybe 
ups it. Winning is intoxicating, especially when you can control it more than than you've ever been able to. And I mean, to the texture that sparked the sparked this conversation. I mean, so what if 2025 isn't as good as 2024? Who cares right now? Why do you, you deal with 2025 after the 2024 season ends? And if it doesn't go as well, that's that's fine, great, and especially when you've got all of these things. Who knows what the future of college football is going to be? You know, right now, even if it's not right, like I don't think fans should have to crowdfund the salaries of players, but that is what's going on. And to Missouri and Louisville and Ole Miss's credit, their fans appear to be aligned in the do whatever, take my money, go win, please. And that's not the case in other places. But that's how it is right now. But you've got the head of the NCAA with his ridiculous proposal out there that won't work, but it's out there. You've got Congress getting involved. You've got conferences, I mean, realignment and movement and commissioners Subtly and not so subtly talking about getting a, a control over this. And there, there's so much movement. And who knows what the rules are going to be in 2025 or 26 or 27. So why would you even consider sacrificing the now for the later when you have no idea what the later is going to be? Going all in, if that's exactly what... If they're draining the funds, which I don't think that's what they're doing, but if they are, Good. Because by 2025, you might have television deal revenue sharing and the collectives won't even exist anymore. That's what Ross Dellinger thinks is going to happen. You you think people are, anybody's as clued in on what's going on than him? So why protect a future that is so uncertain? Go for it. Go win. And, And change the narratives. And Florida, watching Florida. Because that's everybody's favorite example is, well, why would a player want to go play for Missouri instead of Florida? Because Missouri's better than Florida right now. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Tim Tebow's Heisman Trophy or Urban Meyer's National Championship in 2007, the, the, the player that you're talking about was four? It doesn't matter anymore. Missouri's better today. Missouri's more attractive today. That's why. Everything has changed. It's flipped on its head. And until they get on get it under control... This is what it takes to win. When we get that message, what is going to be the solution to all of this? It's crazy. But what if I what if I threw a question back at you? What if I said do we need a solution to all of this? I mean, what what's the real problem with what's going on right now? Now, if if your genuine focus is on academics and you believe that it's really hard for kids to advance toward a degree while bouncing from school to school to school, okay, I'll listen to that. But if it's just the kids are getting paid, this isn't sustainable, are, are we sure? But because the only thing that I see right now that's different is more teams than traditionally have been are in the mix to be competitive for the playoff and a national title. And kids are getting paid. Television numbers are up. Stadium attendance was good this year. 
So, so what's the, what is the concern when you say what is going to be the solution to all of this? I mean, what if it just continues as is? I'm not sure that the unlimited transfer thing is the best plan. I'm, I, I don't know that that is a good thing for college football. I just don't know that it's that big of an issue that we've got right now. Sports Talk Mississippi, we're back with you right after this in the Pearl River Resort Studio. If it's happening in Mississippi sports, you'll hear about it first right here. Sports Talk Mississippi. The Serve Pro First Responders Bowl is underway. You remember TJ Finley, the LSU quarterback turned yeah. Auburn quarterback turned Texas State quarterback? Beat he's, Baylor earlier this year. He is uh he's the quarterback for Texas State. And physically he always looked the part. Yeah. Whew. Wonder Texas State and Rice in uh, in Dallas. They're playing at SMU Stadium. I wonder in hindsight if because I know Kimmy was talked about whether strongly or not strongly at all to the with the Mississippi State opening. If there was ever contact made there. Oh, you're talking about GJ Kenny mm-hmm. from Texas State. I don't know. I guess we'll never know. know, but uh, probably not. Probably not. That's what I think about that with coaching searches a lot. Like with Miami and Cristobal, you know, it was it was, apparently from the Miami perspective, it was only Mario, only Mario. That's who they wanted. That's who they identified. They would not have fired Diaz without knowing that Mario was coming. Well, who else could they have gotten? And what are they doing now? You know, I was in a group message earlier where people were talking about the the time that Matt Luke got hired at Ole Miss because. Uh, a video Clemson put out of him uh, coaching his, his first practice with Clemson, and he looks thin and he looks like he's got energy, man. And uh, you know, if they didn't hire Luke, what are like what were the other candidates, and what are they doing now? And then looked at Dave Doran, and for the last few years, NC State just keeps winning a lot of football games. You know, the what if on coaching searches uh, are funny to me, just like with. Jeff Lebby, and let's pretend he's really, really successful. Nobody's going to think about it. But on the flip side, if for whatever reason he's not, people are going to look to John Sumrall and, and where he is and what he's doing, or they're going to look at G.J. Kinney and, and what they're doing, and, or Chadwell or whoever. Like the web that gets cast in coaching searches and the Ooh. what could have been is really interesting to me. Speaking of G.J. Kinney, that was an efficient opening drive. It just finished with about a 25-yard touchdown run as uh, Texas State strikes first. Uh, ooh, pretty pretty good crowd from San Marcos there on uh, SMU's campus. They uh, they take a six nothing lead over Rice for the for the sake of my buddy Taylor McCarg, who was a partner on TV this year, the former Rice quarterback. And our friend John on the uh, ceasefire text line who reminded us about Rice's bowl game. So it gets better than that. Seven plays, 75 yards, minute and a half is not exact, or two and a half minutes, not exactly 
Oh, no. I'm sorry. That's one and a half minutes. That is a fast start for Texas State. Yeah. Um, Borky, we need to do something. We need to get – nope, nope, no, 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 no. Not what you think. Not what you think. We need to get to the fishy line of the week. The fishy line of the week is brought to you by PTG Outdoors. PTGoutdoors.com, that's their website. Locations in Greenville and Grenada, they are an outdoors paradise. Whether you're looking for all-terrain vehicles, side-by-sides, four-wheelers, utility vehicles, they got you covered on that. They've got you covered on boating uh, products. Remember, they are a Mercury-authorized dealer. they got the Camus Boats. And I was looking at the Camus website a little while ago, just all their different boat options. If if you like to fish, they have got you covered. Like from freshwater center console boats to the big saltwater center console boats, a lot of different varieties, a lot of customization that can happen there. And remember, if you buy a... Garmin product from PTG Outdoors before the end of the year. Maybe you get a little Christmas money and you want to take care of that, get the boat ready for the spring, buy that Garmin product before the end of the year and you will get free standard installation. The installation doesn't happen to have to happen before the end of the year, but the purchase itself does. So PTG Outdoors, our friends in Greenville and Grenada. Borky, it is time for the fishy line of the week. And I would like you to look forward to Boston, Massachusetts. Fenway Park is where they are playing the Wasabi Fenway Bowl. And no, Wasabi is not the spicy stuff that clears out your sinuses. By the way, you might want to try that, Bork. When you, uh, when you get sushi. have some uh, wasabi-spiced almonds that have been really helping. Yep, that's uh, that's not that's not it. That's not what Wasabi is. They're like a computer technology cloud yeah. storage company. SMU is a ten point favorite in the Wasabi Fenway Bowl over Boston College. Now, on first glance, Borky, that line makes tons and tons of sense. But I would submit to you that that is a fishy line. Why? You might ask. Motivation. What is the motivation for SMU in this game? An 11-2 season. Should have been playing in the Fiesta Bowl. But instead, the college football playoff committee chose Liberty, who did not have a single Power 5 opponent on their schedule this year, although they won all their games. They didn't play anybody. SMU played a much more difficult schedule. And instead of going to Phoenix, Scottsdale, Glendale, where the weather is lovely this time of year, they are headed to Boston. Now, I will give you that Fenway Park is a that's a that's a cool spot. But is it a cool spot to play a football game at the end of December? No. When when you're from Dallas, when your opponent is from Boston, and they are ready for the elements and probably didn't expect to be in a bowl game at all this year, and yet they've won enough to get there? Man, Boston College catching 10 points? Am I crazy for thinking that's a little fishy? 
No, not when laid out like that. Hmm. Just thinking about it. Have you got another candidate for a fishy line? Yeah, I like where your mind's at on that one because motivation, I've seen all the the gambling experts say the same thing. When you're picking bowl games, look to motivation. Which team wants to be there, fewer opt-outs, things like that. Missouri, Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. Missouri, as a program, they've got so much momentum they don't even know what to do with it. They don't have opt-outs. Those dudes are playing. They're fired up. They're ready to face Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. They want to be there. This is the pinnacle uh, for Missouri, at least as of late, getting into this game. Ohio State, on the other hand, going to be without their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Going to be without at least one running back. Going to be without a lot of players. Right. And at Ohio State... Going 11-1 and one is not good when that one is Michigan. So you have a super, really good and highly motivated Missouri team against Ohio State, who's going to be playing a quarterback that has not taken meaningful snaps this year without his weapons, and a team in a program that probably would rather be somewhere else. And Ohio State's the favorite? Mm. It's just one point, but still... And, and- I don't have the the history of this line in front of me, but I feel like Missouri was favored in the game. Maybe they like a two two and a half point favorite, and this one has actually swung back the other way, which almost makes it even a little fishier. Have you got the line history up? I'm. Tr- it opened at Missouri. Okay. I'm reading Action Network. I don't buy this. It opened at Missouri plus six and a half. And it's come down? To one. I don't know. I don't know. But I think your point remains the same. The only question is, are the guys that are there for Ohio State going to be motivated? Because that's a talented roster. That's a blue chip roster that Ohio State has. If they play the way they are capable of playing and they are engaged, then it could be a really good game. But Missouri's going into that game hair on fire. And there are a gazillion Missouri fans that are going to be at that game. They're buying up tickets like crazy for the Cotton Bowl. That's your fishy line or your fishy lines of the week brought to you by PTG Outdoors. Find them online, ptgoutdoors.com, or visit one of their locations in Greenville or in Grenada, Don't forget they are a Mercury-authorized dealer and warranty center. So if you got any issues with a Mercury motor, they can take care of you and get your Garmin products and get them with standard installation for free through the end of the year. PTG Outdoors, they bring you the fishy line of the week. We will wrap up the 4 o'clock hour coming up next. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and the Pearl River Resort Studio.
Talk Mississippi. Your all-access pass to all things sports in Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Wrapping up the 4 o'clock hour of Sports Talk Mississippi with you the day after Christmas, the 26th of December. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios alongside Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross. Thanks for being with us. Join us, if you would like, on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Mike in Oxford, Borky, says that... Um, Georgia will be a 20-point kickoff. Uh, will be a 20-point favorite by kickoff. Do you believe that? You think it'll get that high? Uh, based on the opt-outs, it wouldn't surprise me. And you know what's going to happen? It's though? currently 16 and a half. I mean, now their backup quarterback who was going to start has opted out, so now they're on a third stringer because he's going to hit the portal. Uh, what people are going to do, though, with this Florida State thing, by the way, so they have well over a dozen starters that are going to miss this game with Georgia. And Georgia's going to beat the brakes off of them. And so people who are incapable of nuance or context are going to go, see, told you, committee got it right. Florida State, they stink, I told you. And that that's going to drive me crazy. Because this Florida State team that's going to take the field is not anywhere close to the one that even played Louisville in the ACC championship game. But when Georgia beats them badly, they're going to use it as justification for a team winning all of their games, including their conference championship, missing the postseason being a good thing. That's going to drive me crazy. Yeah. All this stuff drives you crazy. It's just... yeah, And it's all moot because we're getting expansion anyway, but yeah. What um? What's the bowl game that you're most looking forward to? That's not part of the college football playoff. Oh, it's can't, it's can't, cheating. Can't say Ole Miss, Penn State. Yeah, it's cheating because that would be the one. I'm curious to see Missouri, Ohio State. Actually, I'm really looking forward to Missouri, Ohio State. Yeah, Arizona, Oklahoma feels like it's going to be good for the Alamo Bowl. Arizona's a three point mm-hmm. favorite in that game, of course. So Oklahoma is without Dylan Gabriel, but I'm not so sure that Oklahoma fans aren't still really excited because I think it's not an apples-to-apples comparison, but there are a lot of Ole Miss fans that will tell you they sat through the frigid Music City Bowl in Nashville in the... Was it the end of the 2000 season? And they saw Eli Manning come in and play in that bowl game. And it was like the transition to what the next three years were going to look like. And they enjoyed the heck out of that. And I just wonder if Oklahoma fans are kind of looking at it that way with their young, talented future at the quarterback position. My question is, what if Jackson Arnold doesn't play well? You know, 
Yeah. I mean, everybody that covers Oklahoma has said the same thing, which leads me to believe that it's true that they were quote unquote okay with Gabriel exploring options because they were ready for Arnold to take over. So if that's what every but every fan that has bought into that program believes that hey, this guy Dylan Gabriel who's thrown for fifteen thousand yards in his college career, we, we had to force him out to let this guy play, and then this guy plays. And it's not good. Now you've got eight months to sit on a not good bowl performance as you enter the SEC. Yeah, but I mean, you you can rationalize that. I mean, of you rationalize you that as, hey man, that game didn't matter. It was an exhibition, and that was invaluable on field time that he got against a quality opponent. That's going to look a lot like what we play in the SEC next year. I mean that that's an e there's an easy spin job for that. There is. But hey, tomorrow's bowl he schedule is good. good. Tomorrow's bowl schedule is really good. Quadruple header tomorrow. Virginia Tech Tulane in the Military Bowl. North Carolina West Virginia in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Louisville Southern Cal in the Holiday Bowl, and that one's on Fox. And then Texas A&M Oklahoma State in the Texas Bowl. Yeah, that's a good not a lineup. bad lineup for for uh, a Wednesday in December. Yeah, not bad at all. We got a few questions on the text line, a lot of good ones. But uh, question about if Georgia is going to be motivated to play Florida State, j- just like Ohio State. That's a good question. If they are, Florida State does not have a chance with what they are missing. I, I think it's sixteen, right? Is it sixteen or seventeen projected starters will not play in this game for Florida State? Something like Six, that. Sixteen's the last number I saw, including a third-string quarterback. Yes, Rodemaker uh, has opted out to enter the transfer portal, and you know that's a smart business decision on his part because he'll have some suitors, and having to play with your twos and threes against Georgia might reduce the amount of suitors you would have after this game possible so i get it the opt-out thing is interesting in the nil era though we got a good question about that too we'll do that when we come back college football fix that's how we'll lead things off in the five o'clock hour with you right here in the pearl river resort studio this is sports talk mississippi this is a place for crazy people if it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. We got a touchdown in the first responder, the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. Rice has answered that opening scoring blitz from Texas State where they went three plays and 75 yards and took a 7 to nothing lead. Luke McCaffrey with the touchdown. That is the younger brother of Christian McCaffrey who um, is about to get ready for the draft, but he is playing in the bowl game. See, it can be done. You can't do, bo- you can't do both occasionally. Yeah. It happens. It does. He's a neat kid. Had, had fun doing some rice games this year and covering him and had a chance to visit with him before their uh, their regular season Did finale. Did he just eat a gummy worm? 
Do they have who? They they had a bag of something that they were handing out as players were coming to the sidelines. I don't know. Was it a gummy something? It looked like a a gigantic Ziploc bag of gummy worms. Well, you know, maybe that's a thing. I guess. I mean, there's worse stuff that you can chew on than you can chew on besides a gummy worm, isn't there? I guess so. Hey, was that is that Big Brother that was in the stands? It was his parents. Was that Christian that was there as well? They are a close family. Yeah, uh, we learned yesterday about the whole. I know it's his worst game ever, but Purdy is not even the most valuable player on his team, let alone mm-hmm. in the NFL. I'm glad that that ended yesterday. I'm not an anti-Purdy guy. He's done really, really well. But he's not the most valuable player on his current team, let alone in the entire National Football League. Yeah. Somebody says, uh, as long as it's not a THC-infused gummy, that they'll be fine. (laughs) Yes, Borky was careful to say gummy worm, not just gummies. Yeah. Although I feel like that would make your performance worse. I don't know if the traders would want to give you that. You'd slow down a little bit. Just just play relaxed. Just play relaxed. (laughs) Sports Talk Mississippi, 5 o'clock hour. Thank you for being with us. Glad to be with you in the Pearl River Resort studio. Pearl River Resort, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Porky, I don't know if you snuck out and played golf while you were in South Carolina last week. Weather wasn't good enough to do it. I wish I could have. Brother, it was good here in Mississippi. I mean, last week we were sunny uh, up until Christmas Eve. Sunny with highs in the 60s. Oh, it was great. It would have been a wonderful time last week. And we're going to have some nice 50, 55-degree days over the coming weeks where you can sneak out and play some wintertime golf at the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. Book your tee time online at DancingRabbitGolf.com. Dancing Rabbit, part of Pearl River Resort. You can be part of the conversation on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Whether you're looking for the best in wireless, the best in home Internet service, or the best in business IT services, C Spire's got you covered. Learn more at cspire.com. Let's do a little college football fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. Got a few days left in the holiday sales event, which means savings for you before the end of the year from Ford at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Orky pointed out some questions that we need to get to on the C Spire text line. We will do that in uh, in just a moment. But uh, we'll start things off uh, with bowl games today. We mentioned uh, some of these already. You had Minnesota beating Bowling Green earlier today to uh, finish their season six and wait six and seven. Right? They were five and seven going yep. in. They were one of the um, APR bowl teams. The only this year, actually. That's right, because you had James Madison and Jacksonville Jacksonville State. State who uh, who qualified even in a transition year to the NCAA. Uh, so Minnesota beats Bowling Green to finish the year 6-7, 30-24 in the Quick Lane Bowl. 7-7, Texas State and Rice right now tied mid-first quarter in Dallas. And coming up tonight, the guaranteed rate bowl, Kansas and UNLV total in that one. They're expecting points. 65-and-a-half, Kansas, that's gone down, Borky. It's gone down during the show. 
Kansas was a nine and a half point favorite when we began Sports Talk Mississippi today. It's dropped a point. They are now an Uh-oh. eight and a half point favorite. Interesting. Some sharp money came in on the running Rebs. Is it? Are they still that? I think so. Is UNLV still the running Rebels? I think. They're definitely still the Rebels. I don't know if running's part of it or not. I think they're still the running Rebels. So. Uh, and a reminder about the bowl schedule tomorrow. It's really good. Virginia Tech, Tulane, North Carolina, West Virginia, Louisville, USC, A&M, Oklahoma State. Thursday's not bad. You've got four games on Thursday. SMU Boston College, Rutgers, Miami, NC State, Kansas State in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. That's one of the 14 games that's played in Orlando. And then you get Arizona, Oklahoma on the uh, uh, in uh, the Alamo Dome, taking on uh, the Valero Alamo Bowl in San Antonio. And then Friday, I mean, good grief, Borky. The next four days, it's four bowl games a day. So three today. You get four tomorrow, four on Thursday, four on Friday. Friday, Clemson, Kentucky, Oregon State, Notre Dame, Sun Bowl, Memphis, Iowa State, and then Missouri, Ohio State. And then a quadruple header on Saturday as well with Ole Miss, Penn State, Auburn, Maryland, Georgia, Florida State, Toledo, Wyoming. It's such a good menu over the next few days. all in. I mean, every time you turn on your television between 11 a.m. and midnight for the next four days, there's going to be football on. That's kind of like the ultimate college football fix right there. Yeah, it is. It's like the college football fix that never quits. That's fantastic. Uh, All right, somebody said Kansas was plus 12 when I was at the sportsbook this morning. Ooh. Maybe some opt-outs or something. Well, they were minus 12. UNLV would have been plus 12. Right. Okay. But this question. So if we're paying players to play now, why is opting out still a thing? And I've thought about that a lot lately. Because Cedric Johnson, for example, for Ole Miss, the only Ole Mm -hmm. Miss player opting out. He is not going to be a first or second round pick. Um, And I know in this business we're supposed to have a, a super hard take, right? Like, oh, he's he's disloyal and he that he should play, and if he doesn't, he's a bum and all that stuff. Or the other side defend him profusely, uh, like he's my son. But I think both things can be true at once. I've never been faced in my life with a decision like Cedric Johnson's to where all he has to do, at a minimum, all he has to do is show up in a few months, just be healthy in a few months, and at a minimum, he will be a few hundred thousand dollars richer. I've never had that decision in my life where if I just maintain my physical health for a few months, I will be, at at a minimum, a few hundred thousand dollars See, richer. I, I think it's more immediate than that. But I, I think for Cedric Johnson, don't you think Borky he needs to go and perform really well at the senior bowl? Exactly, and that's in a week. And and so I I understand the decision. It, it makes sense to me. I get it. I don't think he is a bad person. I don't think he's disloyal or any of those things for making that decision to protect his body, where the senior bowl is is invaluable. For somebody like him who's a fringe prospect as opposed to a guaranteed first-rounder. I think if you're a guaranteed first-rounder, it's a totally different conversation because it's millions and millions and millions of dollars waiting for you. But if you are a salaried player, generally speaking, I don't know how much Cedric Johnson made from the Grove Collective. He made something. I don't know how much. So this is more of a general statement. If you are getting paid to play for a school, 
If you are drawing salary to play for a school, you should play in every game that the school plays if you are healthy enough to do so. And and I, I just miss me with the it's just an exhibition stuff. Oh, bowl games don't matter. The, the Peach Bowl, this game matters. If you're talking about the Birmingham Bowl, maybe it's a different conversation. Penn State and the Peach Bowl, to win 11 games for the first time in the history of your school, that, that matters. It's meaningful. And if you say that, well, the Peach Bowl doesn't matter, it's just an exhibition, well, then what was Louisiana Monroe in late November? What game has more meaning, Louisiana Monroe in late November or the Peach Bowl? So I understand his individual decision. I get it. But, man, I think these guys, if you are a salaried player, which is what they are for a school, you should play in every game that the school has on the schedule. I need to give that some more thought. I think I think on the surface I agree with you. I mean if these are if these are monthly contracts where you paid for the month of December. If you were paid for the month of December, it kind of feels like you should play in the month of December. Or did your did your deal run out in November? Uh, it's, hmm. Or did you when you when you opted out, did that terminate whatever was left of your deal? I I, I don't know. I don't know exactly how that works. Uh, Ceasefire Text Line, do you know of any opt-in, opt-out closes that are NIL-associated, i.e. your contract is back-in loaded? If you opt out, you're financially penalized. I, I don't know the answer to that. I really don't. I think you make a good point, though, Borky. I really do. That's your college football fix driven by Ford. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm. Alongside Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. Glad to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon, the 26th of December. A lot of you agreeing with uh, Michael Borky and his take just a moment ago that if you are paid via NIL and your team is playing a game and you are healthy, you should be in it, regardless of getting ready for a senior bowl or a draft or whatever else. That's just part of the deal. I don't know if you can ever pull that off. Bubba and Starkville says 100%. If you take the money, you should play. If you don't, you're a turd. That's what Bubba says. And maybe he did. Look, if, if he was supposed to get paid for December and, and didn't, then okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, here's one. I totally agree with Borky. Chris and Madison, undoubtedly, they should play if they are being paid regardless. Uh, thank you, Max. Sentiments exactly on opting out. They're paid players, and they should play. And... I would not be surprised if there's somebody listening who goes, 
man, they're sure talking openly about, you know, who's getting paid and how much they're getting paid and making life decisions for them. And I think we've got to adapt the way we talk about college players. Mm-hmm. And it's not disrespectful, but everything about NIL is very public except how much guys are individually getting paid. And how much money collective have, collectives have either in their bank account or pledged to them. Those are the only two things that are not talked about publicly as it pertains to NIL. I mean, you have guys making decisions to come back for a final year of eligibility simply because they are getting paid and they're fringe NFL guys. Borky, that never would have been an, an option in years gone by. Hey, and here's a hot take for you. College football is better because of it. You have veteran players with lots of experience who are fringe NFL players. And by the way, being a fringe NFL player is not an insult. That means you are on the edge of being one of the best football players on planet Earth. And you've got guys who aren't quite sure, okay, will I get drafted? Will I be a day two draft pick, a day three draft pick? Am I in line to make a practice squad? And so they're making financial decisions and life decisions because they're going to be compensated as if they are an employee. I know we can't say they're employees. I get that. But... Here you go. And if you've got more better players staying in the college game longer, then it stands to reason that the overall product at the college level is better. I mean, a guy that comes to mind that falls into this category is Caden Prescorn at Ole Miss. Yep. Tight end coming back for another year. Fringe NFL guy. Announces he's coming back. He gets an NIL deal with the Grove Collective. He's got a wife and a kid and another one on the way. It's a sound financial decision to do something that he probably loves anyway, which is play football, play college football. John says these kids are figuring things out along with the rest of us, and being advised by people also is new to uh, who are also new to this. No judgment from me without knowing all the details. I agree in principle with Borky, but I'm not up in arms about it. Yeah, and that's that's why I preface it with I, I've never been in those shoes before. I, I don't need to maintain my physical health to get paid a whole lot of money, and and you don't know the the situations of these individuals. Like there, there's a, a radio host in a different state that called a transfer player um, a traitor and a coward and quoted Bible verses uh, about him. Oh, you're talking about the the guy talking about Juice Wells. Mm -hmm. Um, You have no idea who depends on Juice Wells. You, You don't know what his upbringing was. Some of these college football players had great lives and grew up in safe neighborhoods with with lots of money and didn't want for anything. And some of these guys have parents that can't keep their lights on or have children in some cases. You mentioned preschool. Or have siblings that they are financially responsible for. So 
you know, Cedric Johnson is the the catalyst for this conversation. I, I I don't know what his situation is, and so and I've never been in those shoes, so I don't think he's a bad person or anything remotely close to that for making this decision. But man, I do think though, if nil is going to be a thing and, and they want to be professionals, then you got to act like a professional. There's a lot of Carolina Panthers that don't want to play this week. Their season's over. And I know the money's a lot different, but still, they're going to play. And they're going to play in Week 18 as well. Their season's over. They're the worst team in the league. But a bunch of guys are going to line up and play because that's what a professional, that's what you do as a pro. You're paid to play, so you play. Get a message that says, I would think that the NIL deals would be structured like a coach's contract. Hopefully there's incentive for playoff games or high-end bowls. Then the players can make the choice on giving up the pay because the pro payoff is better. It's a business decision that everyone makes. If schools gave them the money without stipulation, then tough nuts for the NIL people. Here's what I'm not entirely sure of. Would that be like a performance stipulation? Or would that be different? That's a showing up stipulation. Mm-hmm. Like you can't you, you can't make NIL deals be performance based, which is to say you, you can't say to, to Quinshawn Judkins your let's not use Quinshawn Judkins. Let's uh, let's use Blake Blake Shapin as the example. Mississippi State's transfer quarterback from, from Baylor. You can't say to Blake Shapin, hey, the dollar amount you are paid by the Bulldog Initiative is based on your stats. If you throw for 2,000 yards, you make X. If you throw for 2,500 yards, you make X plus 25,000. If you throw for 3,000 yards... You make X plus 25,000 plus an additional 25,000. If you're the SEC player of the year, you get a $50,000 bonus. If you lead Mississippi State to 10 wins and you start 80% of those games, you get a 25. You can't structure it that way. Because these are not pay-for-play deals, Borky. Uh, yeah, this is name, image, and likeness. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, come on. That's the worst part about this. It, to me, it's not the players getting paid. It's how secret we have to be about all and, this. And by the way, I think incentive-based contracts are not a good thing. I mean, if you want to lead to locker room discord, let a certain number of touchdowns for a running back be the basis for how much they're paid. Yeah, you do get that in the NFL, but the the base salaries are just so much higher that, like Baker Mayfield, for example, his he's going to get paid a certain amount of money for taking eighty five percent of the snaps for the Bucks this year, so he'll get like a million dollars or whatever for as a reward for being the starting quarterback. But again, it's it's different. It's similar, but it's different in the NFL because they're they're all getting a very significant amount of money, so it evens out. Pick six for Texas State, and they now lead it 20-6 to with an extra point pending. Rice's um, A.J. Padgett, the freshman quarterback, is playing for them in this game. Um, J.T. Daniels opted out and retired from football, you remember. Um, 
after his yeah. college football odyssey had multiple concussions this year and has said had a doctor tell him that's enough. So he shut it down. He did not play in the last three regular season games, three or four regular season games. Texas State now leads at 21-7 to over Rice in the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl in uh, in Dallas, played on SMU's campus. The ACC member, SMU. Soon to be. Soon to be. Cause... Final, final football game for... Uh... Oh, yeah. No, 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 I'm sorry. SMU. I was thinking about these two teams on the field. You're right. Yeah. Because for um, all the ridiculousness that we're, that we're talking about with money and transfers and opt-outs and all that, the Cal Berkeley Bears in the ACC next year will be on the Atlantic Coast or in the Atlantic Coast Conference, as will Stanford from Palo Alto, California, will also be in the Atlantic Coast Conference. It's that dumber than anything correct. we've talked about. That is correct. Hey, when we come back, let's talk some basketball. State got a win in New Jersey over the weekend. Ole Miss got a win in Biloxi over the weekend. Both of those happening on Saturday. And an interesting name has entered the transfer portal that could be headed to Starkville. We'll talk about that when we come back in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Now more Sports Talk Mississippi. Hey, it's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi back with you on this Tuesday afternoon, the 26th of December. Thanks for being with us alongside Michael Borky, Richard Cross. Glad to have you along for the ride in the Pearl River Resort Studio. If you're in the market for a new Ford truck, Ford SUV, or Toyota truck or SUV, Belk Ford Oxford Toyota has got you covered. And... I'll let you read between the lines here. First of all, there's great savings. You've got the best financing available right now that you've had really at any point this calendar year, uh, including 0% on some Ford models. You can get uh, 2.9% for up to 72 months on Ford F-150s. But the other thing is we are nearing the end, like today's the 26th, and you got five days left in the calendar year. So we are in, nearing the end of the calendar year, and I can assure you that they would love to move some vehicles before the end of the year. So if you've been thinking about it but quite haven't, uh, haven't quite pulled the trigger, now's the time. Belt Ford, Oxford Toyota, Highway 6 West in Oxford. Really, really good selection on the lot today. I was noticing as I drove by today, there are a bunch of new F-150s that are on the lot, and they are looking for a home. You could make that your home. Check them out. Tell them Sports Talk Mississippi sent you. Belt Ford, Oxford Toyota, Highway 6 West in Oxford. Let's talk some hoops. We did a little bit of that earlier in the show today with Mississippi State, who got a 70-63 to 
to 60 win Borky over Rutgers in New Jersey at the Prudential Center on Saturday. That was a good win for Mississippi State, who has a net that is in great shape. Talked about that earlier. State is currently, what do we say, 32? Yep. I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. 32 in the net. They are 10-2 and two overall, and they have six neutral site wins this season. And a lot of good for the Bulldogs, and they've done all of this without Tolu Smith. Without him and, and the, the metrics with the loss to Southern, if you would have given a state fan 10-2 and two at this moment, they would have taken that 10-2 and two for sure and would have gotten one of those two wrong, uh, I think. But, yeah, the projections have them. I mean, I know it's late December, so but uh, firmly in the tournament as of this moment. Yeah. So, I mean, the resume is really good. Kudos to Chris Jans and whoever else assisted with the schedule, too, getting them away from home a little bit. I mean, it's clear that the the net, the algorithm, favors you playing good teams away from home, even with uh, with bad results in that. As you mentioned, Alabama earlier. Alabama played a bunch of really good teams. They haven't beaten them, but it doesn't matter because they played them. And right, wrong, or indifferent, that is a benefit. So State has played these games away from home and won them, and as a result, the Southern loss isn't even really hurting them anymore. And as a reminder of what those games are, they beat Arizona State in Chicago in the season opener. They played in the Basketball Hall of Fame Classic in Uncasville, Connecticut. I think that's at one of the casinos there. Um, Beat Washington State and beat Northwestern. Northwestern, who has a really good win on the resume. They lost in a true road game at Georgia Tech. They won in a neutral site game against Tulane in Atlanta. They won in a neutral site game against North Texas in Tupelo. And they have the neutral site win against Rutgers this past weekend. And we, we kind of looked at the box score from that ball game. And all five, or four of the five starters were in double figures. Cam Matthews led the way with 18 points. Jimmy Bell Jr. had 17 points and 18 rebounds, 13 for Deshaun Davis, 10 for Shaquille Moore. He also had five rebounds and a couple of assists and two blocks and a steal. I mean, fill up the stat line. DJ Jeffries had six points and six rebounds in 34 minutes. He was the only starter that wasn't in double figures. State played a total of eight guys in the game. Josh Hubbard, Sean Jones, and Keyshawn Murphy were the three that came off the bench. And so State wins by 10 against Rutgers on a day where Josh Hubbard scores two points and goes 0-5 shooting the basketball. And he's been a really good offensive player in the first six weeks of the season for Mississippi State. Um, so what does State have remaining before they jump into SEC play? Just one game. Bethune-Cookman on Sunday afternoon. they got Bethune-Cookman and Starkville on Sunday afternoon for their final non-conference game. It's a game they should win, so they'll be eleven and two going into league play, and then they open SEC play on CBS at South Carolina on Saturday, January sixth. That's an eleven a.m. Central Time game. Then they get Tennessee at home. They get Alabama at home. Go to Kentucky. Get Vanderbilt at home. That chance for a decent start in SEC play. For, uh, for this Mississippi State team. A little bit different than it was a year ago where the front half of their SEC schedule was just absolutely loaded. And you remember Chris Jans actually talked to us. And he was kind of open about it. He was like, I, I, I have said to the guys, we've just got to weather the storm because there are opportunities ahead. 
They kind of weathered the storm last year, and then they took full advantage of those opportunities down the stretch in, in conference play. I gotta go back and look. Hold on a second. Let's do that real quick. Try to remember that stretch at the beginning of SEC play. They had Alabama at home, at Tennessee, Ole Miss at home, which they won. The one that they lost where you're like, not a good loss, was at Georgia. Did not play well in that game, if I remember correctly. But still, man, on the road in the SEC is always hard. And look, their next four after that Georgia game, it was at Auburn, home against Tennessee, home against Florida, had to go to Alabama. And I remember that Alabama game where they got beat by three, 66-63, where we're like, there was some good in that. And then things turned. So at that point a year ago, State was, what, one and seven Mm -hmm. in SEC play. They beat TCU in overtime in the SEC Big 12 Challenge, and then they went on a run. They won at South Carolina. They beat Missouri at home. They beat LSU at home. They won at Fayetteville. That was a huge win. They had a three-point loss to Kentucky. They beat Ole Miss in overtime on the road. They lost in overtime to Missouri. They beat A&M. They beat South Carolina. I mean, even though they lost to Vandy, on the final day of the regular season, that was an NCAA tournament team. And it, I, I say all that to say the schedule, is it's not as daunting to start conference play this year as it was a year ago. So what about Ole Miss? Ole Miss sitting there at 12-0 and right now, one of three undefeated teams in the country. Who are the other two? It's James Madison and, and Houston. Houston. Yeah. And so so rare air there. And Ole Miss played in Biloxi this past Saturday against Southern Miss. A lot of conversation about that game leading up to it. And Ole Miss just really dominated it from the tip. Yeah, a couple of times because I had to listen to it on the radio. Uh, shout, out to, shout out the app for that one. Um, because you couldn't find it on TV anywhere. But a couple times, Southern Miss made a made a couple shots in the second half to make you wonder, and then Ole Miss just kind of kept them at a, a nice distance throughout. Ole Miss led by 17 at the half. They were up 47 to 30. They played it even at 42 apiece in the second half, but Ole Miss ended up winning by 17, 89 to 72. Rebels had four players in double figures. Matthew Morrell went for 26. Jalen Murray had 21. He was 5 of 6 from 3 in the game. Jamin Brakefield had 15. Alan Flanagan had, listen to his stat line, 10 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 turnover, 3 steals. And then Jamarian Sharp, uh, the the 7-footer, he only plays 22 minutes. He had 1 point and a couple of rebounds. Yeah, didn't rebound it well, but uh, you mentioned Matt Morrell. He is, do you see how how much more comfortable uh, he's he looks yeah. now. I didn't get to see the game again, obviously, but he—he's he is... not being asked to do everything. Nope. And now you're seeing what everybody saw in him. You're seeing the upside. And and Borky, the difference for Ole Miss in that game was shooting. They shot forty nine percent from the field and fifty eight percent from three. They were eleven of nineteen for three in the game. 
they get into these funks sometimes where they will like take ill-advised or bad shots, but generally they are a, a patient and smart offense. They, they don't, again, aside from those weird lulls that they'll get in sometimes, yeah. they, they really take good open looks, and they'll move the ball around to make sure that they get those. So standing between Ole Miss and an undefeated non-conference slate going into league play is Bryant. They will play the Bryant Bulldogs on the last day of the year, Sunday afternoon, December 31st, a 3 o'clock game. Then Ole Miss jumps into league play. Now, they have a little bit of a daunting start to conference play. They go to Knoxville, Thompson Bowling Arena for the SEC opener. They come back home to face Florida. Then they get Vandy and a road game against LSU. So... Even if the first two don't go well, they get two opportunities right after that to try and kind of bounce back. Road trip to Auburn, Arkansas at home, road trip to A&M, they get Mississippi State at home. It's going to be fun to watch. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi. Here we we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. One last time with you on the 26th of December, Tuesday afternoon. Hey, Dad's got the week off. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, hanging with you in the Pearl River Resort studio. If you had the day off today, congratulations. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, But imagine there are a lot of people that were off today. Borky, they'll go back and they'll work Wednesday and Thursday and then probably shut it down for the week after that. Yeah, Or, or just take the whole week off. You know, yeah, there's a lot of people that save up their days and take the last two weeks off. And, and we're going to ring in the new year with everybody, right? January 1st will, will be the college football day, and we'll be here live, right? We will. I I'm, I don't know. I figured we would. I don't think we work January 1st. Uh-huh. I think we will January 2nd. But I'll have, I wasn't entirely sure that we were working today. Until last week, and uh, I, I saw some clarification there. So uh, I will have to uh, have to get back to you on that. Huh? My plan was to sit on my back porch and watch a bunch of football on January first, but I, I don't know that, the answer to that. That would be a good plan. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Dad will be back. I might let you guys have it. <laughs> Burn the first day of the new year, just right out of the gate. Oh goodness! Well, we'll earn plenty more. All right, so update to the game that's going on right now. you got Rice and Texas State, eight minutes to go in the second quarter. Uh, Rice is threatening. They're down 21-7. to That pick six really hurt them. Um, T.J. Finley is thrown for 65 yards. It's been a little tough for Rice and A.J. Padgett. Seven to 15 through the air, 46 yards. He's thrown a touchdown pass, but he's also thrown a pick six. So... Uh, Rice not having a lot of success running the football. Ten yards on 12 carries. Oof. If you take sack yardage out, it's 22 yards on 12 carries. So 
not exactly getting it done on the uh, on the ground. Um, I was affirmed in my belief, by the way, that hockey is the most fun sport to watch in person. Oh yeah, it's just so fast. There's a fight too, not a very good fight, but there's still a fight. I knew what I was going to say. The one thing that I couldn't remember: Did James like the fight? Oh hey, yeah, he, he was he was concerned. He was like, "Wait, what is going on?" And then, it, it, God, it's so funny. So he, uh, when the guys would crash into the boards because we sat like eight or nine rows up, so we were close enough to where you could really feel the hits. Right mm-hmm. at first, when guy would hit the other guy, James would say, "No, that's bad." Like, no, James, in, high, in everywhere else in life, you are not allowed to push, okay? Pushing is not what you do. No pushing. In hockey, pushing is good. <laughs> and you can tell that was putting his brain through a pretzel because everybody's getting excited when guys are pushing each other where we've hammered home the point. On the playground yeah. with your friends, you do not push. You want to push, James? we got to get you some skates. We'll get you some skates. If you can learn how to skate and push at the same time, you will be uh, you will be able to do just that. He looked at me. He's like, "Daddy, that's bad." And I was like, "I explained." I was like, "In hockey, no, that's that's what's good. It's what they're supposed to do." And he just went, "Oh, like he was so confused." You're, you're going to have an issue when he goes back to school in, uh, in January. <laughs> and I got him a little hockey stick too. So uh, Mr. Borky, we've got a we got a problem. Hey, this is what I wanted to mention a second ago. So a fairly high-profile player has entered the transfer portal who has ties to Mississippi in so much as he is from Mississippi. That is Stone Blanton, the linebacker. Did he end up playing baseball also? No. Did he do both at South Carolina? Okay, so it was just football. Uh, Two-sport guy out of high school, wanted to play both. And last year played in 12 games for South Carolina but didn't do a whole lot. Limited action at linebacker. Played some special teams. This year, different story. Stone Blanton started all 12 games for South Carolina. He had 52 tackles, including a sack and a forced fumble and four passes defended. Had an interception, scored a touchdown. Stone Blanton has entered the transfer portal. Guy that uh, was recruited by Mississippi State. Uh, In fact, at one point was committed to Mississippi State to play both, right? Or was he just committed to play baseball? I don't remember all the details, forgive me. I think it was just baseball. Okay, it's been two years. This is one that feels like there's a very real chance that he ends up in Starkville. Yeah, um, it certainly sounds like there's some interest based on some conversations that I've had recently, and there should be, uh, because you lose both of your starting linebackers, and getting a starting linebacker from an SEC school would be a really uh, nice... Yep. uh, way to alleviate some of the pains there. And certainly, State's got room for uh, guys that can make tackles. Yeah. Uh, we, we are losing two pretty good ones. So we'll keep an eye on that as the transfer portal wheel continues to spin. Rice just scored a touchdown, extra point coming, trying to make it a 21-14 game with six minutes to go in the second quarter. Thanks for being with us on the day after Christmas, Tuesday the 26th of December for Michael Borky. I'm Richard Cross in the Pearl River Resort Studio. Have a great night.
Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.